1: This year's version of the Reds is poised to be better than last year's. We're going to tell you why. Plus, are we getting ahead of ourselves when it comes to Joey Votto's comeback in 2023? Going to explain all of that on today's Locked On Reds.
0: You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team...
1: You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and coming along here in a moment will be Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW. He and I got the chance to do a live Locked On Reds podcast at Fretboard Brewery in Blue Ash on Monday night, and we had a lot of fun getting ready for opening day. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We are free and available every single day, Monday through Friday, on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube thank you so much for checking out the show make sure you hit us up in the comments section on YouTube or follow us on Twitter you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs and you can follow Steve my co-host who isn't with us today but he'll be back tomorrow at s Offenbaker with three Two F's because we love to talk Reds baseball with you each and every day here on the Locked On Reds podcast. And on today's podcast, Mo and myself will be discussing why this team is better than last year, who is going to make that possible, and why on earth we are getting ahead of ourselves when it comes to Joey Votto. And that is where we will begin today's episode. When it comes to this season, the Reds have a lot going on, and I don't think a lot of people know where this team stands on opening day. They look at the roster and they say, where is Christian Encarnacion-Strand? Where is Ellie yeah. De La Cruz? Where is Matt McClain? And I think we're going to see some of those guys throughout this season, but what they are starting off this year with is better than what they ended last year with.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that, primarily because I, I, I I think Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft are established. Now, yes. are, are they finished products? No. no, but but are they established as the cornerstones around whom you're going to build more so than a year ago because each of those three guys had success. They had failure, but they, but they had success. So I think they're in a better place. Look, the teardown's over. It ended with trading Tyler Malley and, and Luis Castillo, and now is the build, and that's not to say they're not going to trade away players. They'll probably trade away Will Myers. Yeah. Uh, maybe they trade Joey Votto at the trade deadline. But now it's accu- the accumulation of talent at the major league level, watching these guys hopefully succeed, and then hopefully by the end of the year having a sense of when they could be good again based on the results we saw this year.
1: So let me follow up on that. You mentioned Joey Votto. He is a guy that's going to start the year late. He's, Mm -hmm. I I think most of us kind of understood that it was always a long shot for him to make opening day anyway after having surgery on that torn rotator cuff and bicep and just all the stuff he had to get through just to even get into a spring training game firstly. The whole John Heyman thing where he talked with Nick Kroll Mm -hmm. about the, well, if they come and they, if the Toronto Blue Jays are interested, and if Joey Votto asks for a trade, will you trade him at the trade deadline? Do you buy into that? Because that sounds like a super fabricated thing to me that I don't – I think, like, Nick Kroll had to say yes to that.
2: Yeah, I, the interesting thing to me was he said, we want Joey to finish his career as a Red. Well, I love that part. What if Joey has a good year this year and he wants to keep playing? Mm-hmm. Is he a Red in 2024? And what's it cost? Mm-hmm. Um, my take on that was, we're getting way too ahead of ourselves. Can we find out if Joey can still play? It's true. I, I mean, because if he can't, who cares? Right. Um, I, 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 so I took that, I'm like, okay, here are the things that would have to happen in order for a trade to happen. First of all, Joey would have to be healthy and capable. Not 2015 Joey Votto, not 2010 Joey Votto, but closer to the 2021 version. Mm-hmm. Can he play? Right. Where are the Reds by the trade deadline? I think we probably know the answer to that question. Does Joey say he wants out? Does he say, hey, send me to Toronto? Are the Blue Jays any good? Do they want him? There's so many things right. about
1: that that is just...
2: Yeah, and, and, and the answers are I don't know I don't to all it. of them. So to get worked up about it, to really spend a lot of time on it, look, if the Reds are 25 games out of first place... With no hope of going to the postseason, which let's face it is the the more likely outcome than they're running away with the National League Central, and Joey Votto goes to Reds management and says, "You know the Blue Jays are in the thick of things; they're going to be in the playoffs. I would love to play in front of my play in my hometown for a good team. If you can make that happen, that would be great. I'll waive my no trade clause. Okay." but Nick Craw's responsibility is to act in the best interest of the Cincinnati Reds. Right. So, you know, if if we're just going to give away Joey Vado because he wants to go to Toronto when they've got a chance late in the season, not interested in that. Chances are Joey wouldn't bail out of a team that's got a shot to be, you know, in the playoffs here, but if if he says trade me to the Toronto Blue Jays and they do it, okay. Is what's 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 weirder? What's weirder? They trade Joey to the Blue Jays August 1st. Or he plays out the next two months, and they never acknowledge what they're going to do with his option. And he just plays his last game, and then they don't pick up the option, and Joey goes and plays for the Anaheim Angels next year or something.
1: 100%. That's weirder. Right. I can't imagine a world where there's the ability for Joey to still be here and the only thing we hear is, option declined, bye bye
2: Yeah. Like, so that sounds
1: so disrespectful to a dude that they have set up for his entire career as kind of disrespected. Like, they gave him this
2: amazing contract, and then they hung it over the franchise, and they said, this is why we're not good. Right. So, there's, there's so many sort of interesting things about this. We keep talking about how there's a pretty good chance this is Joey's last season. Mm-hmm. He's never I don't said, buy that. He's never said, I'm retiring. Right. No, he has said, if I stink, I'll hang it up. He has maintained that for years. But if the Reds decline his option, Joey's a free agent. If he wants to keep playing, if he feels like he can still help a team, well, then, he, then he goes and he, and he bounces. I think there's a lot of folks who sort of assume they're not going to pick up the option and September's going to be Joey Votto month. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the case. but But... I don't know that you would do that for a player who you could be playing against next year, right?
1: Right. No, and I I don't buy that this is his last season. I think that I think what's going to happen, he's going to come back. He's going to have some success this season. Mm -hmm. What he did last year, everybody keeps pointing at the numbers. He had one arm, and I feel like a new bat and a new yeah. He had the puck, the puck on the bottom of the bat. Yeah, that, that was not. Great All I heard I, I last was March was
2: this was going to be the greatest thing ever, and apparently it was the worst <laughs> yeah. thing ever. Yeah.
1: I do remember them. that that was kind of like a big storyline, and I appreciate when C. Trent like, does reporting and no stuff on that. No doubt about it, but my but, thing was, yeah. Joey,
2: you are a Hall of Fame caliber hitter without the puck bat. Why are we, we messing we just, with it? How about yeah. we just not hit with the puck bat?
1: Right, why no. are you messing with that? So overall, I think that we're going to see him come back in a big way. I keep saying I think he's going to put his name in the hat for comeback player of the year. Now it's funny because he's got a guy on his own team that's going to be going sure. for that award, which we'll talk about Jonathan India in a minute. But when it comes to Joe, Joey Votto, I think that we've got at least one more year of him in a Reds uniform. I think they're going to get creative too. I don't think it's going to be just simply picking up the option of the twenty million. But this is yeah, more. of I the mean, look,
2: th- there's there's three options here, right? There's pick up the option for twenty million dollars. That ain't gonna happen, right? There's decline the option, and he walks, or there's Joey. We're not picking up the option. We'd still love you to be here. Do you want to stay here and be a part of what we're doing? And maybe he says yes, maybe he says no. But I, I would, I would almost rather see him get traded to a to a good team. And I think the Toronto Blue Jays have a chance to be pretty good.
1: I feel that, and yes. have a
2: shot of playing in the playoffs. Then the year ends. It's weird and then next season Joey Votto's playing for the Washington Nationals or the New York Mets <laughs> or the Boston Red Sox or the, the Toronto Blue Jays, and it right. just sort of ended weird, right? I, I don't, yeah, I don't,
1: want that, I don't want that Brett Favre picture of him in a Jets uniform right before he retired. I don't want the Joey Votto version I, of that. I
2: either, I either want the trade or I want the ceremonial clean break. Yes. Right.
1: But I think it's more likely that they pick up the option than just straight decline it, let him walk in free agency.
2: Maybe. Uh, maybe. I think so. But, uh. but again, like, we've just done it for five minutes. We're getting so far ahead of ourselves. Is he healthy? Is he good? Yeah. Like, I don't know. No. I don't think Joey is going to perform as poorly as he did last season. And there are some things you could do to mitigate his age, like DH him. Yep. And nobody takes their craft more seriously, and I'm sure he's thought a lot more about how he can be productive at the age of 30 than we have. But he's also a guy who's going to be 40 by September. Yep. He's had, since 2017, one really good year. That was two years ago. Yep. And last season, it looked his bat was slow, and yay, he was playing with one arm. And I, I acknowledge that, but based on what we've known about the history of thirty-nine-year-old players having good seasons is outweighed by the history of thirty-nine-year-old players having bad seasons. It's so, can we establish that. that he's a capable player and a healthy player first? And can Joey actually ask? Let's for us face a trade it. If you know anything first about the Cincinnati Reds, and the year of our Lord go and what they're get you're and going what it's to be like take if they trade him. the
1: over on the projected win total that's there on FanDuel for the Cincinnati Reds. I'm gonna tell you exactly why and why Mo agrees with taking the over this year, coming up next. Before we talk about the though, I wanna let you know about one of today's sponsors and that is LinkedIn. You know, these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team. LinkedIn is going to find you the candidates that you want to hire faster and for free. Plus, creating a job post on LinkedIn is as easy as trying to figure out if I'm going to take the over, which I'm going to explain why I'm taking the over coming up next. Then you can add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you know who you want to hire. Check out LinkedIn Jobs today. Small businesses rate them number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So what are you waiting for? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash ML. That's linkedin.com/slash/lockedonmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Starting tomorrow, get ready for baseball season with Locked On MLB's ultimate six-episode season preview. Our local and national experts give in-depth analysis of every team and division in a way only Locked On can provide. Find all six episodes on Locked On MLB on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. We're talking about some Reds baseball here at Fretboard Brewery, getting ready for opening day. And... I think the biggest question everybody has coming into opening day is will this team at least be interesting? FanDuel has the over-under at 65.5 for their win total for the year, Mm -hmm. which means that even if they hit the over, they're probably not going to be anywhere near the playoff race. I tend to believe that there's somewhere between 68 and 75 wins. I know that Back in January when I came up with the idea <laughs> that they're going to win 75 wins, you shared that tweet, and that went crazy, and people yeah. thought I no, was crazy. because I
2: think you said that was going to be the over-under.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a little bit of miscommunication there. But um, because I am notorious for taking the over when it comes to our sure, Reds. likewise, yeah. Um, but when it comes to the win total, where do you stand?
2: Uh, over 65 and a half. they have got to win four more games to hit the over. Doesn't seem hard. They started three and twenty-two last year. Yeah. They're not going to start three and twenty-two this year. I feel very confident. it's historically bad start to the season last year. Um, I don't think for a second they're gonna lose a hundred games. As bad no. as they were last year, they didn't lose their one hundredth game until game one sixty-two. Right. Seventeen to three at the hands of the Cubs. Um I think they're going to settle somewhere in the 68 to 73 range. Okay. I always make it like a, like a five-game range. It's really hard to pinpoint. I, I, think a, I think they're a 68 to 73 win team. I feel
1: like most Reds fans have almost come up with the thought process that if this team has a win total that begins with a seven, uh-huh. they're going to be okay with the season.
2: Yeah, I I, I think so. I mean –
1: It's a little bit of a bummer to say that because we want the playoffs. We want World Series. Right.
2: But if they win 70 games, that's an eight-win improvement from last year. Right. That's hard to do. I mean, it it, it really is. I think what's kind of hard for a lot of us to wrap our brains around is the impact of the new schedule where you're going to play everybody. Yes. Because in a year like this, ordinarily you'd say, well, they play the Pirates. Are they better than the Pirates? I don't know that the answer is Yes. But you'll get 18 or 19 head-to-head opportunities to show that you are or aren't. And if you can take advantage of them, you inflate your win total. Now you're going to play them significantly fewer number of times because you have to play everybody, which I think is great. But how does that impact the Reds? How does that impact the National League Central? I don't, I don't have the answer. Here's, here's what I do know. three, At least three out of every five games – you're gonna feel pretty good about the guys starting that night. Yes. Right. I love Hunter Green.
1: Love Nick Lodolo. Love Graham Asher.
2: I couldn't have said that about those three guys specifically at the beginning of the year. Now you could say it about Castillo and Malley, who, to be fair, right, were on the team for four months, but they started so poorly last year, and it was so miserable. I, I, I think number one, people stop paying attention after the first couple of weeks. Yes. <laughs> Number two, I, I think it, it's it, – last season caused people to forget how hard it really is to lose 100 games. Let I me mean, think about it. Yeah. The, the 2016 Reds were terrible. They didn't lose 100 games. Right. The 2017 Reds were awful. They didn't lose 100 games. Nope. The 2018 Reds were really bad. They didn't lose 100 games. So start there. They're not going to lose 100. And what's well, the
1: key difference between this year and those years is that we can see the plan. We no, can see the no. future. Yeah,
2: right or wrong. may not work, but we can see it. Right. So if you're not going to lose 100 games, that means you're only going to lose at worst 99. Okay, so 99 means 63 wins. So then can I find three more wins in there to hit the over? Answer is yes. Easily. So I feel pretty comfortable they're going to hit the over.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of it stems with – it starts with the pitching – but I think that Jonathan India is a big reason why. He was not healthy last year, playing through lots of injuries. He, and he also admitted that he tried to be a player that he's not. He tried to be yeah. a power hitter. He tried to be the run producer rather than the run scorer. And I think now that he understands that his role is the leadoff hitter, the catalyst, for whoever's behind him, whether it's, you know, Tyler Stevenson, whether it's Will Myers, whether it's a healthy Joey Votto. Mm -hmm. I think Jonathan India understands his role on this team and the fact that he's also taken a leadership role with all of that. I I firmly believe that he is going to uh, be responsible for at least two more wins just by himself.
2: Yeah. um, He was the rookie of the year as a leadoff guy. And a lot of us thought, you know, for my entire adult life, we've been wondering about when are the Reds going to have a leadoff guy? <laughs> and with the exception of the Shinsu Chu year, they haven't had one.
1: Shout out to Willie Tavares.
2: No doubt. Uh, Corey Patterson. Going to Ryan, the late Ryan Frayle. Go yeah. Yeah, down the list. So I remember thinking in 2021, like, well, they finally have a leadoff guy, right? A yeah. guy can get on base. Jonathan India is interesting to me because let's say he has a quality year and his two for a pretty big raise next season. Yep. Reds have, like, a 1,000 middle infielders. Can you flip Jonathan India? Like, nobody wants to have that conversation, but, like, right. all right, if, if we're kind of pointing toward the future and aligning payroll to the resources, and Jonathan India's having a quality year, and you can say to a contending team, you get him for the next three-plus years, uh, and we've got, like, middle infielders to replace him. We do. What could we get? So – yeah, that's kind of interesting to me. I know that's not really where a lot of people want the conversation to drift toward, but I, I think that's pretty fascinating. But but I, I agree with you. This is not a team that's going to hit the ball out of the ballpark a bunch. No. It's, it's, it's not a team with a whole lot of, like, proven, established offensive players. Mm-hmm. But there is a guy on this team who has had some big league success as a leadoff hitter And they're going to have to have somebody setting the table because they're going to have to figure out ways to score runs in ways that don't involve homers. And the easiest way to do that is by having your leadoff guy get on board.
1: Exactly. And as a leadoff hitter, that dude, I remember that he gets on base 36% of the time. So I really want to see that continue. Because you're talking about a guy behind him in Tyler Stevenson who's now healthy that when he was in the lineup for 50 games last year, they averaged a whole run more per wow. game. They scored over five runs per game with him. They scored just under uh, right around four per game without him.
2: And, and I know you've talked about this because I listened to it. I love the Tyler Stevenson plan. Mm-hmm. Love. I, I'm all in on that. Uh, because to a degree, it's an acknowledgment. We're not going to be very good this year. So, if Tyler Stevenson is a central figure in what you're trying to do next year, why are you running him into the ground to have him catch (laughs) 125 games? Right. Um, And it's funny. I said that on my radio show, and somebody with the Reds is like, yeah, you're right. We're not going to run him into the ground for a team that's not going to – Tyler Stevenson's an all-star caliber catcher. Easily. If the Reds had a 90-win team, run him out there. Let's go. Catch every day. Easily. Instead, it's he's going to catch. He's going to catch a large number of games. You're going to get an all-star caliber catcher for, you know, whatever it is, 45% of the games if all things go as planned. And then he's going to play some first base, which probably at some point in his career is where he's going to be. He's going to DH. To me, it was so smart. And I know a lot of people didn't want to hear it. Because it was a very clear acknowledgement, we're not going to be very good. Okay, cool. Yeah. But protect that asset. So, but in the short term, I might get more more reasons that that the Cincinnati Reds will be better this year than they were last
1: year. And they're both in the outfield. We'll explain exactly why you need to be focused in and excited about Will Benson and Will Myers coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about another sponsor for today's podcast, and that is Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is wild. It's going on right now. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is the time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the churro puff, that beautiful cinnamon taste in a marshmallow puff bar. You can't beat it. But I'm sure you've got your favorite, too, so go to BuiltMarchMadness.com. And vote for that. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where fifty lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a twelve-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. So go to Built.com today. Go to BiltMarchMadness.com. Vote for your favorite and be entered to win. Run. Don't walk to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in the month of March, so hop in and support your pick. Don't miss tomorrow's Locked on Reds as the host of the Locked on Pirates podcast. Ethan Smith will join us to preview the opening day matchup, and I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of shenanigans as he and Steve have an opening day bet based on which team will win. You won't want to miss that. That's coming up tomorrow on the Locked on Reds podcast. But now let's jump back into our conversation, looking at the outfield now with Mo Egger. And you said the magic word there being plan. I think that one of the things that we've talked about with this team in years past is the lack of there being a said plan when it comes to different aspects, when you're talking about the outfield and things like that. Another reason that I think this team improves substantially compared to what a lot of people are saying. I saw somebody the other day tell me that they're going to win 52 games, and I'm like, you're, you're insane. Uh, but Will Benson is the next Brandon Phillips when it comes to the trade that the Reds made mm-hmm. that at the time seemed inconsequential or maybe even just you know runs down on the ticker, don't need to pay attention to it, something like that. Everything that I've heard about him is he's athletic, He's got the power. He's got the speed. The batting average isn't going to be the thing that draws you. It's going to be the on-base percentage and the slugging percentage. And he's going to be able to play all three outfield spots. We're talking about a guy who can play center field now. And when you add him in to an outfield picture that is super cloudy, I mean, the future, it's not like we're talking about, the L.A. De La Cruz's and the Matt McLean's and the Edwin Arroyo's coming up and filling out the infield here, there's not an outfield prospect that just wows you. Right. So he has the ability to take the vacuum that it feels like Nick Senzel has kind of left, even though Nick Senzel's still here, mm-hmm. and, and run with it and be this team's best outfielder.
2: Yeah, I'm admittedly always skeptical of the breakout star of spring. Yeah. But I'm intrigued by guys... Who seem to have the light switch come on a little bit later than people would have liked, mm-hmm. and it feels like that's what happened with Will Benson last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a very good year at AAA, got to the big leagues, was on Cleveland's playoff roster, and it it I mean, what you can't deny number one he's very very fast. Even when he was working his way through the minor leagues and not having great success, he had twenty two homer seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year the production it. Looks like somebody who finally gets it. Now, does that translate to having a great year in Cincinnati? No, no. But I'm interested if that progress continues. And I mean, you mentioned something that's important. There's playing time available. Lots of it. And so, if this works, you've got a guy with a high ceiling for years. Speed can play all three outfield positions. There is some life in that bat. We. He, again, he had 22 homer seasons in the minor leagues in this ballpark that could translate. Yep. And what did you, what did you give up to get him? So, so let's you always find people who are skeptical of. Oh, the Indians gave up on him. Well, if it doesn't work, then what are you out? Right. Like
1: so, you gave up a a, a fringe prospect, and I just saw that Stephen Hajar was the player to be named yeah. later, yes. which he was they the guy just, that got from just the, completed the Twins. It. Yeah. yeah. So don't know what you have. All right, in him anyway.
2: like give him a year, and if it doesn't work out, then it's on to the next. But boy, if it does work out, it feel, it feels like the potential is there to make it worth letting him be the everyday guy in center field, and not everyday guy in center field through Mother's Day or till Memorial Day. But, but like, Mikey. give him give him a full season. At the end of it, all right, you know we tried this Will Benson cat. it didn't work out. Next, what are we doing? But. It's not like he's holding – it's not like his presence on the team is holding the guy back behind him. Now, you might say, well, at some point they're going to want somebody else to play center like Jose Barrero or uh, L.A. De La Cruz or somebody like that. But for now, he's not in anybody's way. He didn't cost anything. The team's not going to win this year. I'm thrilled about – Will Benson getting the blank canvas of this season to show that, yeah, I was a late bloomer. What you saw last year, I'm merely scratching the surface. And by the end of the season, I'm going to prove that I should hold down, if not center field, one of those outfield spots moving forward and bring athleticism, bring speed, bring a little pop in his bat. He, to me, to me, is the most interesting guy on this team.
1: When it comes to a guy like Will Benson, I think you're talking about a possible piece for the future and when you look at the other outfielder that the reds added this offseason in will myers he is a guy who could bring in a piece for the future he's not a guy that i think is going to be here very long i think that he he's, prop-
2: he's tommy fan without the fantasy football <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i don't think he's going to hit me but i hope Padre, he's hit. He yeah looks like a rental is trying to wait are you saying he's
1: going to be boring
2: uh, no, Fine, I'm, by just, me. I'm just I, at least I, more boring than Tommy fan, which is a good thing. Let me tell you something. From my vantage point, <laughs> I will always be grateful for Tommy fan because in the middle of this awful summer,
1: <laughs> this yeah. terrible baseball
2: season, I got like three weeks out of Tommy Pham's fantasy football beef with Jock Peterson. So Tommy fan will always be okay as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, look, what you hope is he's Brandon Drury, right? Mm-hmm. You know, comes back, has a good year, you get something for him. Right. Not the same Brandon Drew was a minor league deal, if I'm not mistaken, and Will Myers signs right. a, a pretty hefty major league contract. But, yeah, you hope he has some success, uh, establishes some trade value, and, and, and you could flip him. Um, that's the hope. Now, I'm always a little skeptical that you're going to get a lot for players like that, but what's, what's the harm? I mean right. –
1: and if he does finish the year with the Reds, then hey. I mean, you've got a versatile that Reds, guy. That
2: means the Reds are pretty good. Yeah. That means which, the Reds
1: are pretty good. Which I would love that. Yeah. And he's not got a platoon split. He's a guy you can play every day. You don't have to worry about He can play first base. Mm-hmm. He can fill in for Joey, which I feel like that was part of the reason they brought him in. They understood Joey was probably going to be late to start the season anyway. So they had him ready. They had Tyler Stevenson ready to go at first base. That That was just – Pretty awesome to see. But I thought that, you know, that in and of itself, outside of Tyler Stevenson, was a good move this offseason. They didn't do a lot of those, but they weren't going to.
2: Yeah, look, Will Myers is not going to be here. Whenever the Reds are good again, Will Myers ain't going to be a part of that. Right. But if you signed him thinking we have no outfielders, we're thankfully not running it back with Aristides Aquino. <laughs> we joked about that a lot last year. I was year. on
1: somebody's show. Yeah. The first question they asked me, they said, what do we expect from Aristides Aquino this year? And I'm like, I expect he's going to have a good year in Japan.
2: Yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> – the, the August of 2019 was, was awesome. But he hit a home run in a game late last year, and I'm like, here we are. Here it goes. <laughs> running it back. Yeah, back. Uh, you know, the he power. had that great month four years ago. Uh they had an outfield opening. They addressed it. They spent some money that they had. And if they can turn him into somebody who can help long-term, terrific. Right. And if not, again, what are they out? Like, who's, who's – like, if they would have kept Kyle Farmer, and Kyle Farmer's playing shortstop, and you're like, well, I got all these damn shortstops – What's Kyle Farmer doing here? That's one thing. Right. But it's not like Will Myers is blocking the way of somebody that you want to see. So maybe Will Myers can be flipped for the guy who down the road replaces him. So I'm all for it.
1: And most importantly, you, you mentioned, you know, he's getting a little bit more money than what Brandon Jury got as a minor league signing. He's getting Mike Miner money. Do we expect more out of Will Myers than we got out of Mike Miner? They
2: got nothing from Mike Miner. <laughs> Zero <laughs> yeah. from Mike Miner. <laughs> nothing. And so, yeah, I mean, they, yes, they, they'll... If, if Will Myers gets two hits in a the game, they will have officially gotten more from Will Myers than than Mike Miner.
1: That's going to wrap up part one of my discussion with Mo Egger at Fretboard Brewery in Blue Ash as we get ready for Red's opening day. Make sure you check out part two that's going to be released later on on uh, Tuesday, if, if you're listening past then, then hey, both are out at the same time. Make sure you check out both parts of this conversation. But that's going to wrap this part up. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching this edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Make sure you're following us on all platforms, including your favorite app to listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Click subscribe and uh, make sure you click that bell to get notified as well. All throughout opening day week, we're going to be just absolutely jamming your feed full of Reds content. So make sure you are following but that's going to do it for us here today now make your second listen to the locked on fantasy baseball podcast win your league by listening to matt and dom every day as they bring you the best draft strategies and keep you up to date on the best waiver wire ads that's locked on fantasy baseball just like locked on reds free and available on all platforms including youtube and we're all part of the locked on podcast network your team Every day. And as we get closer to opening day and we get more excited about Reds baseball, you can trust us to be locked on Reds every single day.
0: A hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.